This is Journey with Care. We're in our series, The Flavors of Care. In a world where strength and determination mean survival, one individual stands out, the Challenger, also known as the Enneagram Type 8. This force displays remarkable fearlessness and an unwavering spirit. Boundless energy and a thirst for challenges define their life as they conquer obstacles in their way. The confidence and courage they exude attract a loyal tribe who believe in their vision. Beneath their tough exterior, the challenger possesses a caring and compassionate soul. The unique blend of protectiveness and nurturing brings comfort to loved ones during turmoil, knowing they have an unwavering ally. In their community, the challenger is invaluable, standing up against injustice and passionately fighting for the rights of others. Their drive to protect the vulnerable makes them a formidable champion, inspiring positive change. Despite their strong will, the challenger understands the importance of vulnerability and humility. They offer unwavering support and understanding to those in need, embodying true strength as they connect deeply with others. In the presence of the challenger, one feels protected, and they empower others to embrace their inner strength and break through limits. If you missed our introductory episode where we overviewed all the Enneagram types with ice cream flavors included, catch it at journeywithcare.ca slash flavors. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Caitlin Cron, a part of our Care Impact team who embodies the traits of the challenger. She will share her experiences with our host, Wendy, who also happens to be a challenger. Together, they'll shed light on how this Enneagram Type 8 genuinely cares for others and how you can care for the challengers in your life. Join us on this enlightening journey as we explore the magic the challenger weaves into our lives and communities. Let's get curious and let's start the conversation. We are going to kick off this series Today, we are going to look at the flavor of the challenger, also known as the Enneagram 8. With me here in studio, I have Caitlin Cron. Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Caitlin, we've been chatting for a while here, uh, just getting warmed up, so to speak. And I have to say, uh, talking a challenger to a challenger, we're, we're looking at the same flavors here. Um, there's just a different energy about it. I didn't even know how to start this thing because we just like want to dive right in. We're so passionate. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I live here in Manitoba. I live just south of Winnipeg with my husband and my two children. I am currently working very, very part-time as an affiliate trainer with Trauma Free World, and that's with you guys at Care Impact. Yes, here. she is part of our academy, our trauma care team. I am. And I just started a master's degree in counseling psychology. So that's kind of new for me, just sort of getting that going. But right now I'm on summer vacation, so I'm loving that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you do teach the trauma care course uh, with our team. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, you bring the energy. You bring <laughs> the energy in the room. And we always get positive feedback when you you just you just fill the place. Oh, what can I say? You. You, you really know how to connect with people. So so I'm just glad that I can introduce you to more people. Um, but before we get started, we've been looking at flavors of care. And as a challenger, and we're going to get into a little bit more what a challenger is like, but what flavor of ice cream would you give the challenger? Well, I mean, I mean, the truth is I do agree with what was said in the oh, intro. You do? Okay. I do. I think that something like, a dark chocolate or like 
even like an espresso flavor of ice cream is probably where the challenger would fit because it has like a depth and an intensity. intensity. It's not overly sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> what are you saying about me? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying it about me. <laughs> it's just, you know, it has a presence and yeah. not everyone likes it, <laughs> but a lot of people do. And it just so happens that that is my favorite flavor, okay. chocolate, like anything with chocolate. Oh, and peanut butter, like bonus oh, points yeah. if there's peanut butter involved. Yeah. Because I don't like things too, too sweet. We could share a bucket, no problem. Maybe we should. Yeah. After this. Maybe we should. (laughs) So so let's talk a little bit about what it's like to be a challenger. Obviously, and and we preface this in the introductory, this isn't to corner people into a certain type that you got to fit into this box. Actually, it gives us language for the nuances of all the diversity that we find within our community. However, there are certain core motivations that we can have in common But as a challenger in all the diversities that it can represent in a community, what are some characteristics that we might have in common that other people, it might resonate with others? What would you say? Well, I think a big part about being an eight is that you come across with a lot of intensity, or I think I come across with a lot of intensity. We have a confidence and a decisiveness And I think that comes on very strong for a lot of people. And so I think as a challenger, if you're in relationship with a challenger, you'll experience that this person appears to be very self-assured and kind of can keep going and going and going. High energy. High energy. um, Take on a lot. Yeah. Um, I think challengers, the core motivation of the eight is to be powerful and strong to protect yourself Mm -hmm. and the people around you, most likely. And so I think you'll experience if you're in relationship with a challenger that they will like a lot of independence and Mm -hmm. a certain amount of autonomy. And I think also you'll find that they'll go to battle for you very quickly. Justice is a big deal. Justice is a huge, huge deal, especially for your inner circle or anyone that would appear to be like an underdog, let's say, type of person. Your, your eights are going to rush to your defense there. Challengers are okay to not necessarily be understood, but to stand up for the underdog, to see injustices and say, not on my watch. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? We'll ask the questions that other people are thinking, but they don't necessarily want to face the, the tension. So in those intensities, what's it like for you? to experience intensities of either injustices or things that aren't okay, things that are go unspoken, but you're going to speak up. What does that feel like? Well, for me, it it often comes across as very, very strong convictions and, and I don't compromise my convictions, mm-hmm. sometimes to my own detriment, perhaps. You know, when I believe in something, I don't abandon that belief mm-hmm. usually, you know, and when I feel like an injustice is occurring or something's happening that's not right, I will not pretend that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that means that there can appear to be relational strife because I won't necessarily back down just to make somebody else feel good. But I try my best, you know, to approach those things with tact and love. Mm-hmm. But I don't back down from those types of situations. And that's not to say that as a challenger to a challenger, I can speak for myself. It's actually a bid for connection. It's a bid for understanding where they're coming from. And so sometimes I can actually be a bit of a devil's advocate because I'm just trying to unearth this for us. 
Uh, it's not just like I got to be right and you got to be wrong. It's not about that at all. Maybe an achiever might be a little bit more manipulative that way. I don't like the drama. I don't like to be liked necessarily, but I, I'm trying to unearth some truth. So actually, when somebody confronts me in a non-emotional way, I don't know if you know what I mean, but I, I, do. don't, I, I do. don't like the drama. Like no. just cut to the chase and challenge me on my thinking or on on the course of action where, or where I'm going. Challenge me, be more objective than subjective. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. That makes sense. And, and then I'll, I, I'll give some pushback there and actually brings me deeper in relationship. Absolutely. One of the greatest gifts that I have in relationship is when somebody is willing to say, I think you might be wrong about this mm -hmm. and directly challenge my way of thinking because my mind is very open to be changed yeah. if somebody has an argument. Like, I want to know if I have a blind spot. Absolutely. And once I have a blind spot, I never want to have it again. So if somebody sees a blind spot in me and challenges my way of thinking, I will change my mind. Mm -hmm. Those direct conversations and those confrontations they make me feel very loved, actually, mm. because I think some people can be very intimidated by the energy and the confidence that I might appear to have in what I'm saying. And if they trust me enough to stand up to me and challenge me, I respect um, that. I really respect it. And I feel loved mm -hmm. by that, that they care about me enough to get through my words and challenge me so that yeah. I too can grow. What I don't do well with is when there's a meeting outside after the meeting, when things aren't spoken of yeah. directly. I don't do well with passive aggressive behavior or meetings outside a meeting because they didn't have the guts to speak up. Yeah, That just seems like such a disloyalty to our relationship. I thought this cause or this relationship was worth more than having this and now it's become this drama that can be very hurtful to a challenger because we ultimately are the people that people will run to when things get hard. Yeah, uh, We will stand up and we will face those things for the best interests of others. But I'd like to, uh, to learn a little bit more about your personal story and how have you navigated life as a challenger since early on? What What's that been like to even discover who you are, made in the image of God, but having that streak of challenge within you? What's What's it been like? Um, to borrow the term, I think it's actually been very challenging <laughs> being a challenger as a young girl and a young woman. In the circles and culture I was raised, there was a definite belief that girls and young women were meant to embody a gentleness, a quietness of spirit and a and a submission. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking as a teenager, I'm just never going to be like that. Like, how am I going to fit what I thought at the time God wanted me to be? Mm -hmm. And so I stuffed so much of who I was down in an well, that attempt. That always comes out well. I mean, exactly. <laughs> What did it look like when you suppressed it? Um, oh, like I just, I just tried to have no needs, make no waves and just be very self-contained. And on the inside, I mean, I think I just built walls around all of the anger that was in there and all of the intensity and energy. And I just sat on it. But by the time I was in my early twenties, I had chronic pain. That is so 
so natural right? for a challenger, actually. It usually comes out in physical ailments. Yeah. The connection between, oh. Crazy, right? Keep going. So anyway, I stuffed it all down. Oh, and then the other piece of it was my understanding of anger is that it was sin. And so, mm. you know, people who understand Enneagram 8s know that anger 8s don't really fear, but they use it ideally in health. They'll use it to fuel their protective instincts or they'll yes. use it for the community, right? But I understood it to be wrong. Yeah. And so, I again, it all got locked up and it became this very depressed, very numb and very filled with pain kind of person. Mm. And so learning about the Enneagram, first of all, I mistyped for about a year. I thought I was a two because <laughs> like every other, white like girl. every other, every other, I know, white woman raised in the church. But I thought I was a two because I spent so much of my time sacrificially giving, but the core motivation didn't line up. And so after about a year of studying the Enneagram, I realized that I was definitely a challenger and sort of coming to grips with all of that and then like sort of juxtaposing that with the belief that I had been taught my whole life that God had created me with purpose Mm -hmm. and with meaning and realizing that God must have created me to be this challenger. Mm -hmm. And so the last several years have been like a very intentional shift towards embracing who I am and becoming proud of the gifts that I have and letting them shine and not being afraid that somehow I'm going against what God wants for me. And being a challenger can really serve the community well when in health. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is the key thing. But I think it starts with understanding who we are so that we can grow in health. If we can't even identify who we are and we're trying to be something else, just subliminally, our, our social construct has told us you should be like this. And yet, if we're not our authentic self, we can't actually grow in health. So I, I love that you've identified as a challenger and say, hey, how do we grow in that? And because I believe that when we are in health, it serves the community so well. We need all the different flavors to serve the community well. And I'll, I'll give you an example where sometimes people might think I could be too much, especially on things on injustice. Like, how can you really like, just be calm, you know, like, don't be like <laughs> upset. No, it, it angers me when um, there's oppression, systemic oppression of children and families, mm-hmm. when there is residential school survivors that aren't being heard in the church, particularly mm-hmm. when we've been part of, of the issue historically. And I remember one time with one of our children, we have several adopted and, and some biological, when they weren't going to allow older children to be adopted out of birth order. Mm. Now, you're looking at me. Mm -hmm. I love your expression. You Mm -hmm. know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I do. One, I checked the law. It wasn't illegal. Mm -hmm. I wasn't breaking the law by requesting this. Two, no one ever ages out of needing a family. Mm -hmm. And how could we systemically just weed out all these older children, hundreds and thousands of children, and in our province, they were just systematically not approving, even though our homes study uh, said, yes, we could, everything else. Well, guess what the challenger did? And I don't say this. (laughs) I challenged, right? Because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about like, I'm going to save the day. Like, there's no capes about about being a challenger. We just we just know in our gut. We're we're very gut people, right? Yes. And so honestly, I had to go to the the Ministry of Children and Family Services. Yeah. Um, 
and and talk to the minister about this because the answers weren't coming. So I had to go up the chain, up the chain, up the chain. And I wasn't trying to cause havoc. No, no, I was just saying this isn't right. It's actually a violation of international law. Yeah, I went there with the U.N. laws and on the adoption acts and, and all of the things I did my work. I go deep into my fives when I'm under stress, totally. right? Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> research, we, research. We do the research. Yes. We become, we're also known, we can often be lawyers. Yes. And I'm not a lawyer by profession, but sometimes my family says I should have been <laughs> um, because it just wasn't right. You know, and, and when we stood to reason, they had to agree. I knew they had to agree. Yeah. But there was other people around the table uh, social workers that said that were supervisors high up, but they couldn't really speak to these things. They were like, we've been seeing this all this time, but we couldn't challenge it. Yeah. And yeah. so here's an example. And can older adoptions happen out of birth order now? 100%. Of course they can. Of course they should have been. Yeah. I don't take that as any like glory me. No. It's just like, well, finally, we we see justice. Yeah. These children need families. Yeah. No, they do. <laughs> No, I think that's an important piece is that I think sometimes people misinterpret an eights pushing or challenging as like a as like a self-glory thing. But I but it, I don't think it and it's not a motive. It isn't. No, it isn't a motive. It's a like a pursuit of righteousness. Yeah, I think. And it's a like and it's a refusal to settle for anything less than that. It's an attribute of who God is. I agree. Of justice that we don't necessarily we say, OK, God can be just. Mm -hmm. But how dare he create other people with that fury energy for the oppressed? I know. And so I think we need to see more of that. I think there's a lot of challengers out there that are living suppressed lives. I see it in the church. Yeah. I'm like be free. <laughs> the church needs you and people need you. Yeah. To to speak up. Yeah. And not to back down. But you have to be comfortable with discomfort. Very much and, so. And I think that's probably something that people growing in health as a challenger, mm -hmm. they just learn to embrace the discomfort and not always being understood. Because I think a lot of particularly female challengers can be very misunderstood. And I think on the topic of serving the community, you know, my husband always says to me that one of the greatest things I bring to whatever group I'm part of, like whether it's our family or, you know, friendships or or other organizations I work with is an ability to handle discomfort um, like it takes a lot to rattle me yeah it takes a lot to make me uncomfortable like I'm, yeah. I'm I don't get uncomfortable all that right. often if I'm honest mm -hmm. and so I think I can hold a lot of space mm -hmm. and I can bring a lot of strength and energy to whatever I'm involved in so my husband says well, my husband is a three, which is interesting. He's so coming he, on the show, he's actually. Come, yeah, you'll hear from him later. But I call him and the people around me to authenticity. Like, I think that can sometimes be intimidating and maybe a little bit off-putting to some people. But what he says is that it's actually a gift because it it creates a safe space, really, for people We're to be who they are. cutting through the BS. We can cut through the BS. And we do it at all times. I actually... My cousin and I often say, like, I have a, my BS meter is strong. <laughs> I can sniff it out. Yeah. And then I can cut through it. And then we keep moving. And I think that is a gift. I think it can be difficult, but I think it is a needed gift mm -hmm. um, in the church, in the community at large, to point out the injustices, to point out the wrongs and say that we can't stand for this anymore. You know, looking back at my life, 
I didn't always know who I was. And and now I think I'm in a healthier understanding and continuously wanting to learn, of course. But as a child, I saw those challenger streaks within me, even though I was suppressed. I was more quiet and withdrawn, people would say. However, I remember in grade one, I was very quiet, didn't speak up in class. I hardly raised my hand. Mm -hmm. So I was this quiet, timid girl. And yet I saw grade three-ers pick on grade two-ers <laughs> on the soccer field. And I'm like, that's not right. And everybody was standing and watching. Mm-hmm. And that challenger within me, as a little grade one girl, puny little sticks, I was just a little kid. I'm like, nobody's doing anything. I charged right in there. And I punched the, the grade three-er <laughs> and I set him straight. And I'm like, you get off this. Like, I just... Like, no, enough is enough. Yeah. So I beat up the grade three kid to spare the grade two kid as a grade, as a grade one, one. And everybody else is looking at this little one year uh, grade one or like their mouths gaping or like we didn't know she had it in her. <laughs> <laughs> so if any of you are raising children, yes, enough is enough and that's not OK. Nurture that. Yes. So it's important to nurture those things in mm-hmm. healthy ways. So I, I want to ask you this question. Are there some reoccurring themes that you've recognized as being a challenge in being a challenger? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of how my energy and presence impacts others, like mm-hmm. I know when I'm not healthy, I can get a little harsh. Mm-hmm. When you understand the Enneagram, you you know that there's, you know, three sort of sections that you fall into and we're in the gut section. Yeah, and we, we did talk about that in okay. the intro so people could go back to that. Perfect. Yeah. So we happen to also be feelings repressed. You know, mm-hmm. eights don't um, access feelings very easily. And when we get into an unhealthy or really stressed out state, we don't have a lot of patience or energy for feelings. And we're usually not in touch with our own either. And so mm-hmm. we can get a little a little cold. And a little harsh when we're not um, the most feeling. And we may seem like we just really don't care how people are feeling. Another part of being a challenger that is challenging for me is knowing my (laughs) limit. But I'm learning, you know, that I that I spent a large part of my life with absolutely no boundaries around my own energy and my own emotional challenges do have naturally more energy than we most do. every other kind. We just do it because we're determined. Totally. And we do have a great reserves of strength. Like yeah. that's not false, but we are humans and we do have an end to that. And I, I burn myself out. Mm-hmm. I end up with those physical symptoms like we were talking about before. And I have a very, very high standard of conduct for myself, like mm-hmm. a, a near perfect expectation yeah. for myself. But I'm learning that disappointing myself and even disappointing other people is actually inevitable and okay, but it's vulnerable. Yeah. And so we 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 challengers talked about, don't like to be vulnerable. We don't like vulnerable. The core fear, the core fear of the challenger is being controlled or being manipulated. But I think the truth, what's under that, is the core fear is vulnerability, mm-hmm. being in a place where we might be harmed, whether emotionally or physically, whatever that is. And so, failing, mm-hmm. failing at things that I really care about, like yeah. when I let down my kids, or when I'm too harsh with a friend, or when I just go into my five mode and I disappear and nobody, I'm a hermit for like months yeah. and no one hears from me and I'm disappointing people. I'm trying to accept that 
like statistically speaking, I'm going to disappoint people. I cannot possibly be perfect for everybody or myself all the time. So, you know, trying to be in tune with myself and what I need so that I can continue being who I am is my challenge these days. Yeah. No, that's really, that's really good. I think all flavors can wrestle with elements of what you just said. Yeah. But what is core to being a challenger is that we really believe in a cause or a purpose, uh, seeing through to the other side where we tend to be visionaries and see the bigger gain for mm-hmm. not just ourselves, but for the social good of community. And so when we fall short of our own standards, it's more of like we can taste and and know that something better could be. Yeah. And, and we we do not like to submit to injustice. No. Uh, we don't want to see the underdog suffer. No. Because we haven't done enough. And there's there's always more injustice. There's that's always, that's more. always the catch. So that self-care is something that I've had to, to work on as well. Because it usually comes out as physical. Sin- you know, at one time I was like, go, go, go. I was like. Just once. <laughs> okay, you called me on it. But I, I was an easy of a, a community center doing a huge development project, yeah. $6 million building and whatnot. Plus raising two babies and screen <laughs> space and this. This development, it was for the betterment of those that were settling and and those families that were struggling. And do you know where it showed up, though? Mm. I had an eye ulcer. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not doing this for pity, but I'm like, why the heck do I have an eye ulcer? And the doctor says, do you have any stress in your life? I'm like, what does stress have to do with this? <laughs> And he's like, you're going to have to take some time off. I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's cute. That's that's hilarious. Challengers don't know how to take time off. No. It's not even in our like it's construct. Natural. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's nice, but I can't. But it, like, no, you're going to have to do this. Yeah. And she's like, it could be stress related. <laughs> it could be. Like, we oh, don't yes, know. It is. It's yeah. all stress. So so often it, it leaks out in, in body symptoms yeah. of like slow down or your heart or your... Well, I'm outing both of us as like with our heart palpitations <laughs> and our needing both of us going for like stress tests and like heart ultrasounds and all this stuff. Like those, those are signs. Yeah. Those are signs. So that we need to pay attention to that. We need to pay attention because... Like, neither of us have any health predictors of, like, heart Mm -mm. issues, but we're both at the doctor getting listened to going, it won't stop beating weird. (laughs) It won't stop squeezing. Like, that's, you know, that's something. That's something to notice. And the other thing I was going to mention, I don't always realize the power that I bring into a room because I'm not trying to be, like, again, flexing or or superwoman in a room or a meeting Mm -hmm. or whatever social gathering. But inherently, if you're going to embrace who you are, you just have to understand that you bring within you inherently this power, this strength Yes, that actually people are drawn to. But we also have to be aware of what that does in, in a social dynamic, speaking for myself. And I was reflecting on my daughter, who is not an eight, but just as, a, as an illustration, we were traveling last summer and she's a really strong girl. Just physically strong. Yeah. It's one of her sensory things. Like she's just Hercules. She always has been since she was a little girl. And she was sitting in the front row seat uh, in the passenger side and just leisurely putting her leg out onto the dashboard. (laughs) Do you know where I'm going with this? I do. I was sitting right beside her. I saw this whole thing happen. All she did was just gently just stretch. Do you know that she broke the whole windshield? It cracked right through. She's so strong. She doesn't understand the strength that she brings into the room. Wow. 
just by <laughs> by stretching her leg. Like, I don't even know if a person oh, in man. like Taekwondo could actually punch that windshield because it's usually pretty protected. It's usually double reinforced, whatever, however they make it. She stretched and she cracked through the windshield. Wow. Now, I, I say that because <laughs> as a challenger, sometimes if we're not self-aware, we can just stretch or say things or do things. Yeah. And we're wondering <laughs> why why are things the way they are, per se? Oh, so man. It, it's just a, a matter of understanding our strength and using it for good. Yes. Now, if I want to move a heavy furniture, which I've also done yeah. in our home, I'm going to ask her. To, to carry, do the heavy lifting. And others would say, like, you can't do that to a 12-year-old. Well, with her, yes, I can. Yes, you can. And she feels very honored by it. <laughs> I have a I have a story about that intensity, that impact. And my daughter will be okay with me sharing this. But there was a time that I, I was sitting with one of my daughters and we had been having this conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I was trying to express to her how much I love her mm-hmm. and how great I think she is. And so I was, you know, I was speaking to her with like <laughs> intensity. <laughs> with intensity and just telling her, you know, just really letting her know how wonderful I think she is. And I remember watching her. She was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight at the time. I watched her looking at me and she was like slowly like shrinking back. And then suddenly she goes, mom, are you mad at me? And I was, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm trying to tell you I love you. But I realized, okay, I think my energy might have been turned up like a little high for what she could like absorb at that moment. Right. It was very overwhelming to her. But, yeah, yeah, that's a really great example. Like yeah. we have to read the room. Yes, we have to read the emotions in the room, which is 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 a stretch sometimes for, that is for hard challengers. For us. But I I know in my interactions I have to a bit mirror where people are at Mm -hmm. so I know the intensity because otherwise my volume is always cranked up. Yes. And it's not because I I actually (laughs) love them intensely. And that's the thing about a challenger. We love fiercely. Like we may appear as this thick exterior, strong, nothing's going to break us because we we come with that intensity. However, inside we are such a goopy, gooey mush of emotion, like not emotions. We are, we are gooey on the inside. Oh yeah. And just love. We love fiercely though. Oh yeah. Very fiercely. There's a meme. I don't know if people have seen this meme, but there's a meme of like a person standing against a wall and another person playing a tuba and the tuba is like right over the person's face. Mm -hmm. And I often think like, I've seen one that says like an eight- telling someone they love them is like blowing a tuba straight in their face. And that is the truth. That's how I love people. That's how I love those closest to me. And and that's how I feel about the injustices in the world. Like I need to continually um, just like blow my horn basically to get those things seen and dealt with. Well, dear Church of Canada, Mm. if you hear me blowing my horn, if you hear me (laughs) calling out injustices or saying we got to talk, know that I love you intensely. Yes. And if you are intimidated, come talk to me. Come challenge me. That is connection. Yes. You know, because this is what care impacts about. We want to connect and equip the whole church. And there Mm -hmm. are things that need to be talked about, not in a condemning, deconstructing way. We are here to reconstruct the faith that needs to be talked about in the church. And lovingly, sincerely, yours truly, Wendy Park. (laughs) 
I might have to put that pen there. Yeah. <laughs> you I just felt it was appropriate because sometimes people might not understand my intensity as no, I know. deep love. But it is. It is deep love. I think something to know about challengers as well is that indifference would be the way that we would show. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't care, we're not even going to we're not going to bother. Right. So if we do if we're bothering, we that means we, we really, really care. care. We really do. I don't have a lot of lukewarm. Yeah. And and I imagine that's part of the reason that you really care about teaching churches mm-hmm. about trauma care. Yeah. Being trauma informed in the church. We know what it's like when churches are not trauma informed, yeah. how it affects our children, how it affects birth families and all these family relations and community dynamics. Mm-hmm. You really care. Oh, I really do. I mean, I think about how much, um, you know, people who have experienced early and chronic trauma, how, how much they already carry that Mm-hmm. That, you know, how much shame they've internalized or how much pain they walk with on a daily basis. And if they're being treated in a way that adds to that shame or that adds to that pain, like this must stop immediately. Mm-hmm. And we can't have people believing that they're less than because of what they've been through. And so definitely I'm very passionate about helping open the eyes of churches and other organizations in the community to know that the most vulnerable among us need that extra care, that extra understanding, and that extra belief that they are just implicitly good. Mm, Yes. That we don't have like a bunch of behaviors that are indicative of like a darkness of the soul. We have behaviors that are survival skills. We have behaviors that are coping mechanisms that, you know, if the needs underneath the behaviors are met with love and care, that so much of that can be resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that you're able to bring that intensity, mm. but those truths and it, with such passion and conviction. Yes, because they are true. <laughs> they are true, and they're and they're personal to me too. So that's, I mean, it's yeah. it's meaningful to me. It it is important to my family. It's important to many of my friends as well. So, well, Caitlin, this has been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I know we could keep talking, but. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Yes. It's hard to do when we're in an intense conversation like this. But any uh, key takeaways that maybe our listeners could could really come away? Either they, they identify as a challenger, they've been doing some of that inner work, um, and there's going to be links in the show notes if people want to do more work, um, or those that are loving people that are on a journey of health towards healthy challenging. I think... I hesitate to give a lot of advice because I feel like I too am on a journey that I have not arrived at the end of. But what has helped me as a challenger to stay out of those unhealthy spaces is to explore my own emotions and my own self-care, mm. which is not a fun thing for a lot of eights. It's not a, I shouldn't say fun. It's not a natural thing maybe for a lot of yeah. eights. It takes but some intentionality, but doing the work to, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, doing That's the been work. part of my growth. Very important. Yeah. Because as we've said a lot in this, you know, in this episode, we bring a lot of intensity. And so I, I feel like we have a lot of impact. And so with great power becomes great responsibility, <laughs> right? We don't want right. to have a negative impact. And so doing our own work and our own self-care is important. And it doesn't have to be like a bubble bath, right? Like it doesn't have to be a bubble bath right. or like something like that. Like whatever it's it like is. Like a deep tissue massage. Yeah. Do it more. It's, do it more. Actually, I, I realize if I do get a massage, I want the deep tissue. Yeah. It's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. It, 
Yeah, it, it hurts so good. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. Like intensity is it will be part of it. So when I go likely. to a therapist, I want I want it to get hard and intense yes. and like just tell me. Don't don't sugarcoat it. No, I know. That's me and my therapist. There's nothing fluffy going on. No. It's very, very intense and very hard. And this is an interesting thing. I always book two hour sessions. Do you? I don't go very often. So I book them for two hours because honestly, it takes me that long to get vulnerable. Ah. Even with a therapist that I have been seeing on and off for more than a decade, it yeah. takes me that long because I can talk my way around a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then if I was going to say something to people who love AIDS is my, my hope is that you'll believe the best about us. Yeah. That you'll believe that who we are is who we are. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of love behind it. And that you'll, yeah, that you'll believe the best about us. And we will, as friends and people in the community, we will go to bat for you. Totally. We, we've got your back when other people are coiling or hiding. Yeah. We will be there on the front lines. Absolutely. 100%. So connect with us. So connect with us and let us love you. Thank you for joining us on our series, Flavors of Care. We will continue to celebrate the uniqueness of individuals and their ways of fitting into the community, sharing different perspectives and stories from different guests. We hope you'll join us and maybe you'll come out the other side learning a little bit more about yourself and those around you. And hey, just like ice cream, podcasts are so much more fun when shared with others. So share this series with a friend or family member and remember to visit our website, journeywithcare.ca, to stay informed of upcoming podcast meetups, all the links, information on our guests, and so much more. Again, thank you for listening, and let's stay curious.